0: Today on Across the Cavs, a look at Dante Exum and what his time in Cleveland means for the future of the organization, and the only reason you're actually listening, a preview of Game 4 of the 2021 NBA Finals, Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Central. That is tip-off. That is when the Bucks will tie the series, or will they? Find out now on Across the Cavs, which, which is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network, and brought to you by DraftKings. The NBA Finals are no joke. This is where we separate the real from the fake. So, get some skin in the game with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. They're offering free-to-play pools every day of the NBA Finals, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 each day a game is played. And guess what? The best part is that it's free-to-play. It's easy to enter DraftKings free-to-play pools. Just download the DraftKings app. Go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So, ahead of Game 3 of the NBA Finals, download the top-rated DraftKings app and use promo code TBPM when you sign up to get your free shot. At up to $10,000 in total prizes, every day there is a game. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It's 9.38 p.m. Eastern Time. It is Tuesday, July 13th. There is no Friday the 13th superstition. There's no Tuesday the 13th superstition. The only thing I'm personally superstitious about is guaranteeing wins before the games when Charles Barkley does it it's a jinx we will be here to talk about game four Noah will be coming back again but first some words about Dante Exum I'm gonna be straight up last night I watched no sports didn't watch the derby did not watch uh, the WNBA actually WNBA all-star game I believe is tomorrow before the finals I will likely give that a, a watch but I didn't watch anything Nothing. You know, just kind of enjoyed my time. You know, Cavs don't play. It's picky and choosy when I'm going to lock in on a game. But I'm here to talk about Dante Exum because last night he was part of an Australia team that handed the United States their second straight loss. Here is my stat of the night. It's coming in the intro, not during the NBA finals portion. Team USA was 54-2 and in exhibition since introducing NBA players to their rosters in 92. Coming into this year, since losing to Nigeria and Australia, they now have consecutive defeats, two in a row. They're not getting it done, obviously. I'm not here to talk about the United States. I'm not here to talk about Dante Exum. That's right. He played only 30 games in the Cavs uniform because health is not his friend on the basketball court. He's always hurt with something new. Believe it or not, Dante Exum has only played 245 games in the NBA. He was traded to the Rockets, but never really saw the court. He turned 26 today. So I just do want to talk about one thing uh, in regard to Dante Exum, and it's that on his birthday, we thank Dante Exum for growing out in Afro, changing his number to 31, and going from Brooklyn and coming back. Dante Exum was the key cog because of his uh, $11 million a year salary and helping the team land the promising Jared Allen, who's going to sign a big extension in the coming days. Exum turned into that. Exum played 34 minutes on January 2nd against Atlanta in his second straight start. Literally, two days later, Orlando Magic, first minute of the game. Down he goes. That is his season. But he was traded. One positive Dante Exum memories when he scored 28 in 24 minutes on 11 to 13 shooting against Minnesota. The fun fact about Dante Exum scoring 28 in that wild game is over the next nine games he played, Dante Exum scored 27 total points and made 1-3. But on this one night, he just dropped 28, got them back from 26 down and gave them the lead before they blew it again against Minnesota. So Dante Exum, keep riding. Exum and Della Vadova were together in Cleveland. They barely saw the court together. And now they're back together in Australia. Matisse Teibel, Patty Mills. Don't hate me, American listeners. I want Australia to get gold. This is their time. Delhi winning a gold medal and an NBA championship while being an undrafted American hooper would be the greatest story in Australian basketball in a long time. That Simmons guy doesn't know how to shoot a layup in a playoff game to save his life. While Tybo's playing his heart out, Kyrie is not playing for them. He's not, I don't think he's playing at all right now because he's healing up. Yeah, he, he was uh, from Australia originally, but man, that Delavadova guy, huh? It's my guy. We're literally, I literally gave, well, it sounds like a eulogy because I'm gonna miss him so much in Cleveland. But anyway, that's Exum. That's Australia. Tomorrow night though. Less than 24 hours away, we have the NBA Finals. And you know who's here to break it down with us? Once again, Noah Nightingale. It needs no introduction this time, but hello anyway.
1: Hello, hello, hello and congratulations. I mean, you are technically American, but you're such a big Delhi fan. So I feel like I'm obligated to congratulate you off that incredible win last night for you guys.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it's, it's rare to say you guys to a country I've never been to, but then again, I've never been to Cleveland. To everyone everyone knows I was supposed to go two years ago, hopefully going, knock on my counter that I'm recording on right now. is supposed to be going next year. Nothing is set in stone. But it will happen. But yeah, Noah, we had ourselves a game on Sunday night. And it it. looks like, once again, the one they call the Greek freak was freaking us with how great he was playing. He was dunking on everybody. He was finishing. He was hitting free throws like Steph Curry at one point. Eight in a row for a guy that shoots his percent is basically like if you take Ben Simmons and he makes three in a row. It was incredible. No disrespect to Ben Simmons. You
1: know, <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. I, I guess it may make a difference when 20,000 people aren't screaming in your ears and counting how long it takes you to take a, to attempt a free throw. Maybe that is, you know, maybe a little more significant than we thought. <laughs> but yeah, Giannis, Giannis was unbelievable. And especially from the free throw line, he, he was, wow, like, shocked me. He converted when he needed to and was unbelievable throughout the entire game. But let's just talk about Milwaukee in general, right? This is a team that was playing so aggressive, so physical, they were desperate. Now, if they lost last game, they wouldn't have lost the series, but we all know going 3-0 down, especially in the NBA Finals, it's not ideal. So yeah, rightfully so, they were playing for their lives. And when I say they were the more physical team, I mean it. Let's talk about this, for example, the rebounding stat. Where well, they out-rebounded Phoenix plus 11 on the boards. They were plus six or plus seven on the offensive rebounds. Phoenix, I think, had six total offensive rebounds, while Giannis and Portis each had four themselves. You talk about the free throw game. They shot 10 more free throws than Phoenix. Milwaukee wanted it more, and it showed throughout the entire game. What a game for everyone. And, of course, like I said, going back to the last podcast, I begged to get something out of Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday – they were both great. Chris Middleton, I think in the first half, was, was playing great uh, great basketball. His two-man game with Giannis was looking great. And then you go into the second half, Drew Holiday. Wow. I mean, I think he hit three threes in a row. This was a guy who came coming into the series, was shooting 29% from the, from the three-point line in the playoffs. I mean, they needed those performances big time. And then let's talk about the role players, too. I think the first two games we can honestly say that the Phoenix role players totally outplayed the Milwaukee role players essentially because the first two games, it was Giannis. And that was about it. Actually let let me pause for a second. Pat Connaughton has been pretty solid uh, and once again was great, but Pat Connaughton was great. Bobby Portis, 11 points plus 19. Like I said, four offensive rebounds, hit a three PJ Tucker. We all know PJ Tucker is never going to impact on the stat sheet, but he's going to impact everywhere else. And once again, had another big game, plus 12, seven points. He also hit a three, had two steals. They got absolutely everything. And then finally, finally, let's talk about number 34 on Milwaukee. Please. Yes. The Greek priest was Speaking. a beast. He was a beast. And I said, I, I messaged you this right after the game. And I said, I absolutely loved what he did. But they went right at Aiden. He went. He, he dealt with foul troubles for the entire game couldn't be on the court for the entire time and when he was not on the court they attacked the post with Giannis and let me tell you no one on Phoenix outside of DeAndre Aiden can guard Giannis in the post and shout out to the rest of the Milwaukee players especially the ball handlers putting Giannis in great situations he had incredible post presence got down low and just absolutely ate either got a bucket went to the line or maybe even both. I don't know how many and ones he had. It seemed like it was like two or three or four, maybe, but overall Milwaukee dominated Giannis dominated. They needed this win and wow, they were aggressive. And I absolutely loved every second of that game from Milwaukee.
0: Oh man. Absolutely. Phoenix did make it really interesting when they cut it from 15 to four, but then Milwaukee put it on as soon as Chris Paul hit the bench and two, two, two notable uh, stats. From phoenix's bench we mentioned that the uh, minutes played way down in game two cam at 30 johnson pain at 24 so the cam saw a lot more minutes as foul trouble came in cam johnson came in dunked all over pj that was a clear charge we can debate that another day <laughs> it was a great dunk no question but they couldn't overturn a poster you can't that was yeah. more just they're looking at it just for show I mean, Chris Paul doesn't win games repped by Scott Foster, but if anyone's here to blame the reps on that loss, then get out and don't listen to this ever again because that is not what happened. What happened is, yeah, Aiton got in foul trouble. They thought they saw something, so they kept him out for an extended period with the five fouls. I would have just let it ride out until you couldn't anymore. What'd you have to lose? But Giannis 41, 13 and 6, 13 of 17 at the line plus 20. My favorite number here is six. That's the assist total for Giannis and for Chris Middleton. It doesn't seem like a lot. Six assists, if you're averaging that in the NBA, pretty much, if you're not a point guard, that's good. That's good, but it's not impressive. But these are we're talking about the forwards, each getting six assists while Drew Holiday had nine. That's huge. That's six times that Chris Middleton put someone else in a position to score off his pass when he's known as a scorer. And for Giannis, who can dominate with his size, that's six times where he made sure someone else had the best shot on the possession and they scored. They each probably had 10 to 12 assist opportunities. You don't make every shot, but that is huge. They kept passing. They trusted each other. I mean, holiday and Middleton Each only took 14 shots, but they seemed like good ones. It just seemed the box won the way they almost won game two. They're just getting, they had 13 offensive rebounds, but how many of those were actually grabbed? Maybe three. The rest were all just tap outs. Connaughton, even though he didn't have any offensive rebounds. He was getting his hands on the ball. P.J. Tucker had a few. Portis had a few. Even, you know, Jeff Teague had an offensive rebound. Right place, right time. And, yes, Jeff Teague gets zero points, but I like his minutes. You know, he comes in. He plays good defense. He moves the ball. At the end of the day, the Bucks won because Giannis was great. I mean, the Sun starters were all bad. Chris Paul, I mean, we had 19 and nine assists, four turnovers, but he was minus 13, you know, Crowder was six for seven from threes he's actually an exception to this he was great booker three for 14 it wasn't even pie day it's not march get out of here i don't want to see three of 14 bridges just didn't show up and deandre ate dealt with foul trouble so phoenix lost but i'm not surprised the reason i changed my pick to bucks the home team doesn't lose the bucks are eight and one at home and here's the key stat now my second stat of the night The Bucs 8-1 at home, Suns 3-0 in game fours. So it's very curious to see what happens. The last time there was a 2-1 series score for them, it was the Clippers. But prior to that, they won three straight against the Lakers. Of course, it's only – they're up 2-1. We're going to hit on the over-under, which is set at 220.5. For reference, it's been pretty much airtight the whole series. It was, what, 118-105 in the first game. It was 118-100 in the second game, and now it was 120-100 to 100 in the third game. So it just seems to be right in that area. I'm going to go under this time, Noah. I think that the Suns' offense is going to struggle again on the road. I think that Bucks crowd does does things to other teams. And I think that on the other side, the Bucs will pick up around what they did. They averaged 120 regular season. They'll probably be around that. Um I I I am gonna go under though. That that that's not my pick yet, because that could be wrong, but that's my reasoning. What do you got? Over under 220 and a half.
1: I I'm gonna go with over. Uh, I'm gonna say over. I expect Milwaukee to still play at the level they're playing. I don't I don't know if Giannis is gonna go for another 40 point game. That's gonna be absolutely incredible if he does. Not sure if he will, but I do expect Drew Holland to make an impact. Maybe Middleton will make more of an impact in terms of scoring, although Like I said, he was terrific with 18 points. And then on the Phoenix side, I mean, I want to point out one thing. When you look at game one and then you look at game three, the difference in terms of the shots Phoenix were getting, especially in the mid-range, when we talk about Chris Paul and Devin Booker being lights out in the mid-range, they're getting really tough shots. Now, Chris Paul started off the game hitting quite a few tough mid-range shots, Those were so contested. You know, as a defense, you can't do anything more. You just have to respect Chris Paul, the point god, for making those incredible shots. But Devin Booker, I mean, Devin Booker was getting swarmed all night long, 3 of fourteen, one of 7 from deep. I know he hasn't really been shooting efficiently, but again, like I've said before, he has made timely plays, game after game after game. And game three, yeah, he was absolutely shut out. But I do expect some more scoring at a Devin Booker. I do expect some more scoring overall in the game. So I'm pretty confident this is going to be a high-scoring game for. So I will go with the over.
0: Okay. Yeah, I respect that. And, um, you know, we watched an interesting game. And I actually, let's talk real quick about the dunk. Do you agree with me that it should have been a charge, but you can't call it a charge because it was just so nice that it had to be a blocking foul? Cam on. People? I don't want to be
1: – I don't want to be that guy, but (sighs) the charge call is really tough to call these days because, you know, there's that whole thing where like if a player goes up and then the guy who's setting the charge, you know, sort of slides his feet quite a bit, you know, is it a charge? It was, was he fully set? Did he get there in time? Because if you watch it over PJ was sort of sliding his feet, but I do agree with you, you know, right when it happened, I said that was probably a charge, but. I'm not going to call it, you know? And, and again, Cam Johnson, I think that dunk was like the most athletic play he has ever had in his career. And then his next basket on uh, coming down, that reverse layup was his second most athletic play he's ever had in his career. It was absolutely insane. Now, this is the guy who is known to just spot up jump shots and yeah, he is an incredible shooter, but wow. I, I could not believe that dunk. It was, it was really unbelievable, but but, but, but there was a part of me that really wanted to say, well, you know, I, you know, I kind of understand why it was called a blocking foul. But yeah, no, 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 I, 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 at the end of the day, I am on your team. I do believe it, it probably was a charge. I think that that is what you're saying, right? You,
0: you do believe yeah. it was a charge.
1: You just, I do yeah, believe I mean, it was a
0: charge. And then just, there was some tweet like sports. I was like, PJ was shook. Like, no, we thought it was a charge. Like, what are you doing? Sports center? Get up, get get off, the, get off your horse it probably was it sort of reminds
1: me of that one dunk I, I forget how long ago it was but it was Richard Jefferson when he was with the Mavericks I forget who he dunked over but it was like one of the most insane- oh, they called that a
0: ch- and they called it a charge
1: they called it a charge and like it was like and this is like old man RJ and you're like you're calling that a charge and it's RJ like he was getting so hyped and everything it was on un- it was such a great dunk that actually probably was a charge um just like this other one but You know, the the whole foot sliding, you know, I could understand why it was called a blocking foul, but I love the fact that just kind of let it slide because that is a dunk that when every time that happens, you have to just let it happen. You have to let it happen for sure. Although where the heck was that call when Jason Terry got absolutely destroyed by LeBron James? Although that was probably a blocking
0: foul. Oh, yikes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Man, but
1: I, no. Uh, overall, I, I I agree. I agree that they that they should have kept it. But I understand both sides. Let let's say that I'm on both teams there.
0: Yeah, and I'm actually watching. Wait, was this? Well, I think I'm watching the wrong RJ dunk. I'm watching him poster MKG. Oh, wait. I am saying him poster MKG. Was it MKG against the Hornets? Where they called it?
1: Possibly. We, we, he it was. He, he was elbowed him right? as he dunked it.
0: Yeah, okay. it's a charge. It's a charge. Yep, in the okay. third quarter.
1: Fair, fair. I just remember him demolishing whoever he dunked over. It was, it was MKG
0: because in 2014 and 2015, you either drop 60 on MKG or you dunk on them. There's no in between. And then if you're <laughs> Zach Weiss in 2017, when the Jersey drops to $10 on the NBA store site with free shipping, you stake a claim, you buy it. And then you tell everyone you have the Jersey and they don't believe you until you bring it out of your closet. But anyway, we're not here to talk about my exotic Jersey collection, which almost saw a new Della Vadova shirt, but I had the wrong card information and I was too lazy to grab my wallet because I was too stubborn anyway we have another game it's tomorrow the spread I'm going to go and then I'm going to pass to you and then we're going to talk some points it is four and a half it is favoring the Bucks. and right off the bat I know you know where I'm going and I'm going with them until they lose one the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to say it before I pick it so I can explain why and not make you wait not make our listeners wait I'm confident in this team they're eating one at home I mean Giannis is all the way locked in right now. And we know that home cooking is just what Middleton and what Holiday needed. Two rounds back when they were going against the mighty Nets, you can point to injuries everywhere. But at the end of the day, when you have to win one game, you're facing Kevin Durant, you better bring it. Kevin Durant was unbelievable. James Harden was basically on one leg. Kyrie Irving was on the bench. And the Nets decided, Steve Nash, that they weren't going to go to their bench. They're going to let the starters win it. Basically, for the Bucs, the only reserve that played that whole game was and We saw a couple minutes of Forbes. That was it. Very narrow rotation. They stepped up and they did it. Why am I mentioning that series? Because the home team won the first six games, and then the Bucs went on the road and won game seven. I'm really getting those vibes right now, except game three win against the Nets was tight. This game three win was very secure. The Suns, I would say, with what they have now are almost on par with the Nets with just Durant, where you got probably still have a much better point guard here in Paul than what you had in a banged up Harden, but there's a juggernaut and that's Devin Booker and Kevin Durant even has off games. He had one or two in that series, just like Booker just had one. But when you're on your home court, you take care of your business. The fear of the deer champ for every game gets me hyped. I was yelling it from my couch before the last game. That's the first game I watched with just myself. So I think not watching with other people is the key. By the way, that's, that's the hidden key for the Bucs. But no, they play well at home. And again, it's important to remember, we mentioned this back when we were doing the Sportitude Edition out across the Cavs. Jim Paskey just retired. You know, for me personally, my other team, I'm not getting into it, they won when their best player was announced his retirement before the playoffs. This happened during the first round it was announced. And now they're in the final. It's no coincidence. A lot of things have had to happen for this Bucs team to be three wins away. Bucks haven't won since '71. Okay, I mean, my dad still talks about the '69 Jets, but he never talks about the '71 Bucks, and he has no reason to talk about the '71 Bucks if the team does their job in this in this game. Because if it gets to 2-2, two, two, and the Bucks just have to win one at home and one on the road out of two, they're gonna do it. Here's why they're gonna win. Giannis is gonna go off again. He's not gonna have 40. If he has three straight 40-point games, butter my biscuit and call me a, a Bucks fan. I don't know. Like he's <coughs> been un. Unbelievable, man. He has just been at the top of his game. This is peak MVP, Giannis. This is why he got a couple of votes this year, even though the, the, the candidacy was unbelievable, unprecedentedly good, although people still wanted Chris Paul to get it. Which, but anyway, that's, this isn't a vendetta. I think he's going to have another good game. I think that Connaughton continuing to play well in Portis, having a major bounce back, is going to play a large role in the turnaround and the continued success. And I just think that Giannis and Holiday will be the two best players on the court as they were last game. Phoenix is going to turn it over because Chris Paul, as great as he is, is going to get a little fancy a couple times. All the great guys do it. Lillard does it. Curry does it. For all the great behind the backs and through the legs and fancy schmancy stuff, they still make mistakes. And I think that the Bucks bench with just Pat and Bobby are better than the Cams on the other side. Good that to Tory Craig's healthy, but Kaminsky can gives them nothing. Ayton being in the game is great and all, but I think that they should try a little small ball, well, maybe drop him to 36 or 37 minutes, give Crowder a little more time at the five without he was shooting. You can't get anyone there. I just think the box are going to be better. I think Connington is going to be the best guy off the bench. I think that drew holiday, double doubles. I think Giannis still goes for more than 30. And I think that Noah, uh, Booker and Paul won't have enough firepower. And I also just want to say, that I know I have been very hard on Mike Budenholzer, everyone in the world has, because a lot of the job is being done by the guys on the court. And he does make some mistakes. Great point from Jeff Van Gundy to just remind us the obvious. He won 60 games in Atlanta. He won 60 games with the Bucks. He took the Hawks to the conference finals for the first time and who knows how long. He's take, he took the Bucs now to their first finals in five decades. I know again a lot of it's the players, but I think maybe, just maybe, I won't bash him at all today. I think he deserves a little credit. It's not easy to win these games. This is his third year. I mean, if they wanted to tune him out, they would have been doing it already. I do think he's having some kind of positive effect, even though all we see is him and PJ yelling on the sidelines. So let's give him a little bit of credit, just a little bit, before we bash him again. I think he deserves it.
1: All righty. I agree with that, by the way. I, I liked a lot of your point, especially the Boone Older point. Uh, he's, you know, as, as much criticism as he gets, he still has accomplished a lot and a lot of a lot of these head coaches who are very very highly regarded cannot say half of the things that uh, bud has achieved so I, I totally totally agree with that that being said my pick at the beginning before this series started with suns and five and i'm not changing that last game i was correct i said this was going to be the game milwaukee won i'm very happy that they won it, it didn't It's, you know, I think everyone can agree, unless you're a Phoenix fan, you much rather see a 2-1 series than a 3-0 series. But I'm going to take Phoenix. I'm going to take Phoenix. I think Phoenix wins this game. Obviously, they're going to beat the spread. And I'll tell you why. Like I said, Milwaukee should have another great game, which is why I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Giannis will have an impact. Drew Holiday will have an impact. Chris Middleton. And then again, like you said, some of the role players, Connaughton's been great. Bobby Portis obviously came out of his shell. I do expect Milwaukee to play well, but I expect Phoenix to be a lot better. Now there's one thing I can tell you is not going to happen for Phoenix. Jay Crowder is not going six or seven from deep. This is not going to happen. Okay. We all know that Jay Crowder always has one of these games in the playoffs where he just goes unconscious and he cannot miss. I don't know if that was his game. because I mean, it was a great game. He may have another one, but I don't think it's going to happen in game four. He is not going to have that type of game in game four. But then the other guys, Mikael Bridges is not going to have four points. He is going to have a major, major impact. He only took two threes. He's a much better shooter. He should be taking a lot more threes. I think he'll have a much bigger impact on both sides of the ball. Devin Booker, I mean, I know, like I said, he hasn't been shooting the ball well, but he will make a major impact. He will play in the fourth quarter, believe me. Unless, obviously, it's um, an insane blowout. But Devin Booker is going to have a much better game. But the most important thing of all is, is DeAndre Ayton is not going to be playing 24 minutes. He is going to be on the court. He is going to make a big impact. Now, DeAndre Aiden, when he was on the court, outside of him getting foul trouble, played a great game. You saw his mid-range shot. He started off the game super, super hot, and then obviously got benched because of his foul issue. I think Phoenix does a much better job of protecting Aiden, and obviously when DeAndre Aiden's on the floor, you're not going to have as many post-up opportunities for Giannis. He is, you know, again, Chris Paul is incredible. Devin Booker is incredible, but DeAndre Aiden is the X factor and they absolutely need him on the court cuz he does so many things offensively defensively you absolutely need him there so i do believe aiden is going to have a massive massive game i don't did he have he had a 20 and 20 game in game 1 or he was he flirted around something like yeah, that yeah i
0: think 22 and 19
1: yes i don't know if i can predict another 22 and 19 from deandre aiden but i can predict a very similar impact in game four. I think that's all they really need. And when you have Aiden out there and you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker utilizing him with the screens, it's going to open up a lot more shooters. Like I said, a bridges Cam Johnson went one for five from deep. You know, that's not really a Cam Johnson that we know. I know he, you know, made an impact scoring the ball by not shooting. I obviously attacking and having the two most athletic plays in his career, but I expect Cam Johnson to make more of an impact from deep same with same with campaign overall. I expect Phoenix. When you have Deandre Aiden back on the court, things are just going to mesh a lot better. It's going to mesh a lot easier on both sides of the floor and all in all, I think Deandre Aiden is going to be the difference and Phoenix is going to win this game. That's my prediction. It it may be pretty close. I think we're all waiting for that one classic game that's coming, you know, back and forth down to the wire. I've, I've, pretty much predicted each game to sort of come down to the wire until you know a big shot happens i hope it happens here in game four where it's back and forth and all of a sudden a big play happens that's the big thing we're all talking about after game four and i do believe it is going to revolve around phoenix maybe it's not going to be deandre and making the big play maybe it's a chris paul fade away contested mid-range shot that's the dagger i don't know Either way, I think when it's all said and done, Phoenix is going to win this game and DeAndre Aiden is going to have a major, major impact because he was only minus six in 24 minutes. You feel like if he played maybe 30 minutes, could have been the plus. Who knows? Either way, DeAndre Aiden is super important to this Phoenix team on both sides of the court. And that is why I believe he will stay out of foul trouble and Phoenix will win this game to go up 3 1.
0: Yeah, that's some very interesting. Uh, words there Noah and uh, it will make a big difference if Aiton can avoid foul trouble and again I still disagree though I, a lot, that's that's good analysis on all fronts and it's obvious that I, I knew exactly when we came on that I'm gonna hear some good points and I'm gonna have mm-hmm. probably to make a counterpoint home court matters I think you're still forgetting that absolutely the, again, Yes, the Suns win their game fours. They take care of business. They won the JaVale McGee game where Jokic got unfairly ejected, but they still took care of their business. They could have easily lost that. You know, they took care of it against the Lakers when it was 2-1. They came in. Obviously, AD was limited, but they still, you still have to beat an NBA team because Lakers won a lot of games with him not playing this year. So even in the playoffs, anything can happen for one day. We've seen that before. The Cavs winning game seven against your Celtics. I'm sorry. Uh, 2018. I did that without Kevin Love. Obviously, Kyrie was already gone, so it's literally just LeBron and Jeff Green. Guys step up for one game. Delva Dova in the 2015 Finals. I mean, two All-Stars are out. Who steps in? The undrafted guy in his second or third season. A Second season. So, you got to just be ready. And they were in that first-round series. And now, they got to be ready again. The Bucks are fully healthy. Fully healthy. And I think that Giannis staying aggressive is big I really think the Suns can do whatever they want the Bucs are going to be the ones and I think this has been the case all series Noah the Bucs have won or lost every game more than the Suns have won or lost every game the way they won at Aiton and the way Giannis stayed aggressive and the role players stepped up because their role players aka kind of low-key stars Holiday Middleton because they were better than the, that of Phoenix they won it's not that Phoenix was bad it's that Milwaukee was just so good and in game two, if Milwaukee knew how to grab a defensive rebound, they would have won. It's their failed ability to rebound that lost them that game, not what won it for Phoenix, what lost it for Milwaukee. And in game one, I truly think they only lost because Giannis, they didn't know far in advance what was going on. I'm sure they knew before it was announced what was gonna happen, but I just feel like he was hesitant and he took them out of the flow they had. So the box being out of rhythm, led to not the Suns dominating, but the Suns playing well enough to win, and I guess winning comfortably in that sense. Do you agree with that, or am I doing a little too much here? No, I agree. Uh, What you're saying
1: is absolutely correct. I think, you know, we definitely should be giving the Suns a little more credit, but 100% all the things that you said that went against Milwaukee, the reasons why they lost the first two games, 100% correct. They did not rebound the ball well. They struggled in the pick and roll, obviously, you know, seeing how well Giannis played in games two and three, he wasn't used nearly as much in game one. So you question their idea of how well they knew Giannis's status, I guess. I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but yeah, no, I I think, I think you're right, but I'll say another point that I actually forgot to bring up. Do you, and this is more of a question to you and I, I don't know this, the free throw splits, moment away for Giannis but Giannis last game was 13 to 17 what that's like 76 percent yeah does he shoot seven anywhere close to 70 I mean this is a guy who's shooting 55 percent from the line overall in the playoffs I, I do am- not think now I, again you feel free to disagree I don't think that he's going to come even close to 76 percent next game and I think Phoenix may know that and I think if Giannis starts struggling from the line they maybe that's part of their game plan who knows I'm not 100% sure, but I think either way, you got to give Phoenix credit for the things that they were able to do. But game three, this is supporting your point. Game three, I think it was a lot of just Milwaukee executing and Phoenix not really, you know, just being totally overwhelmed. Whereas in game one and two, it was, you know, Phoenix played great, but also Milwaukee, you know, was visibly not good. So I do agree with what you said. That being said, I I think Phoenix obviously has done some great things in the first two games. and I think they're going to find a way to recreate that, especially a guy like Devin Booker making some big plays because in game three, he was absolutely horrendous. And one thing that stood out to me in terms of Booker, what he's done so well, he obviously makes big time shots, but his passing, his passing is, is so great. And maybe that's just product of playing alongside Chris Paul and, 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 you know, learning the ins and outs and, and stuff like that. But Devin Booker did not look anywhere close to the passer that he is in game three. I don't, he only had two assists, I believe, but it just seemed like Milwaukee was really forcing him to take these tough shots. He never really looked for the pass. So maybe Devin Booker starts or stops chucking it up as much as he did in game three, maybe look for a better opportunity, a better play. I love Monty Williams and he's obviously getting a ton of credit throughout this playoffs and rightfully so, but I think Monty Williams is going to be able to set this team up right for game four. I think the offensive execution will be a lot better. I think their defense is going to be better and that's just in product of having Aiden out there for a lot longer and him not getting into foul trouble. So yeah, I, I, it's, it's, listen, this is really, really interesting, right? Like, I, I like I said, it's one of the other. It's one of the reasons why I was so happy that Milwaukee won Game Three was because now we have a series, and if Milwaukee wins this game, then wow, we're really in for a good one. But I just think Phoenix is way too good, and I think some of the things that they did in Game Three, I just I just can't see it happening again. They're too good for that. So yeah, um, I'm I'm very confident with uh, with with my pick. I'm very very confident with
0: it. And fun fact here. When Giannis shoots between 37 and 52 percent the bucks are actually undefeated five and0 in the playoffs. Wow with wins by 34, 29, 3, 17 and two. there are four, all of the four of those are against Miami, albeit and one against Brooklyn. but I mean, when he shoots under 50% they just win. I don't get it and I'm, look, and I'm looking at, yeah, I don't I don't understand. And I'm looking at some uh, free throw numbers and in the two games at home against, against Miami, he was 60%. In the two road games, he was also actually 60%. So even first two games in Brooklyn, he was two for 10. Then he came home and went nine for 19, not much better. Atlanta at home. He shot nine of 12. The next two games in Atlanta that he played before going down, he was six of 16 in Phoenix, He was 18 for 30, that's 60%, and he is 77% at home. So, yeah, there's definitely, you know, a split. I couldn't get the exact data, so I'm just looking at the game log.
1: That's good. That's good.
0: He's not going to shoot as well as last game. And, again, I like a lot of what you said, but I, I love Monty Williams and everything that he stands for and everything he does for the Suns, but I'm liking Coach Bud. I just think he's starting to figure things out. I think he's a really good later in series coach this year at least. This ain't the same guy that lost to the Raptors up 2-0. And obviously they lost because they couldn't win on the road. They showed an ability. They they won a game six in Atlanta and a game seven in Brooklyn. They win in hostile crowds that are just completely against them. They've done it twice already. So in this postseason, in an elimination situation. So should that come up, I'll be confident. But again, I'm liking the Bucs just because they're in Milwaukee. I just think that Giannis is going to be great. I think Holiday's is going to have his best game of the playoffs. And I just think that they know their guys a little better. I think that Phoenix is – and Chris Paul needs to play big minutes. But if I'm the Suns, what I would be doing is I would be playing him the first eight minutes of the third, sitting him the last four. And then you put him in. You sit Booker for, what, a minute or two only in the second half? Maybe play in the whole second half if you need to. That should be it. Cameron Payne should not be getting 24 minutes. We could sing his praises. He's just an average point guard at the end of the day who has good games. They can't rely on him to play 24 minutes regardless of Booker's situation. So if Cameron Payne logs more than like 15, 16 minutes, I really think it would hurt their chances. I'm not knocking him. I love his, 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 the arc in his story, but I know you agree. You don't need to say anything. So we're going to wrap up that they don't look at him to be Superman because he's not for more than a game or two. Cameron Payne is is a serviceable guy that you don't need to eliminate from your rotation in big games, kind of like the Bucs have done with a few people, but you can't rely on him to win you the game. That's why you have the two guys with the better nicknames, CP3 and D-Book. It's literally just their name, but they're so great that it actually works as a fire nickname. Noah, it's been a pleasure. Let's get some quick closing thoughts and then we'll say goodbye.
1: So I usually have like this one wild prediction my prediction is that there is going to be a player and I I don't I I don't know if I'm like totally ready to say the player because I'm not sure if I 100% know who it is but usually in a finals there's always this one player who doesn't really play a lot and then all of a sudden comes in in a situation and just goes absolutely bananas right right I look at Phoenix the Frank Kaminsky minutes have not worked out right this, this is like the boldest thing I'll say. Jalen Smith, I think please is, don't. I think there is a massive, massive chance this does not happen. But in the small, small chance that maybe DeAndre Aiden deals with foul trouble again. And Phoenix is looking for size, someone who can match up with Giannis. Jalen Smith has the strength, has the size. He's got it. Now I'm not saying. Exactly. Jalen Smith, my other name that I'm looking at on Phoenix's bench, Mr. Javon Carter. Yes. I like that. I think there is a possible chance. Now I'm not saying for game four, I'm saying from any point from now until the end of this series, I think there is a chance one of Jalen Smith or Javon Carter come in and make an impact, whether it's for two minutes five minutes, 20 minutes, you name it. I think these guys are good enough to make somewhat of an impact that is going to benefit the Phoenix Suns. Again, not not sure if it's going to happen in game four, but my very, very bold prediction is that it will happen eventually. That is my closing word.
0: Respect. I love the Bulldog. I think Javon Carter is the guard version with a shot version of Thanasis for his team. He's just always hyping everyone up. He's got great sneakers. And I think that he was great pre-NBA and he just needs his chance because in the bubble, he was a sniper. I love Javon Carter. I'm upset that he didn't get minutes in Memphis pre-trade. But, you know, keep riding. He is a huge part of what they'll call their version of the process. But yeah, um, I guess my last take will be this. I'll say that Pat Connaughton uh, scores 15. That is a bull take because he hasn't done it yet in the series. I'll give Pat Connaughton 15 and I'll give Drew Holiday 27. So that's it for this. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're We're letting it all hang out. That is game four of the 2021 NBA Finals. He's Noah Nightingale. I am Zach Weiss. And guess what? We're back again Friday night for game five. That's right. There will be a game five on Saturday. We all have the Bucks to thank for keeping our basketball dreams alive. This is not the last game, and it will be far from it by the time we go to sleep Wednesday. But for no one I'm Zach Weiss. This is the Cross the Cavs. Sayonara.